I grew up in the church and loved my childhood and teenage years. But when I hit uni, I started asking some bigger questions. At about 20, I attended a conference that really opened my eyes to the depth and breadth of what it meant to be a person of faith. It was at that conference that I met Jules. She's like an older version of me, so now I always call her when I want to process things of faith, vocation, and boys. I kind of get her advice, but I'm pretty sure she learns a few things from me too. It's true. A few people commented on how they love to eavesdrop in our conversations. So like a true millennial, I decided to make a podcast, documenting my journey about what it means to be a woman of faith in the 21st century. I'm Grace Bucknell, and this is neither Mary nor Martha. Okay, welcome to another episode of Neither Mary Nor Martha. Today's episode is basically, if you missed the last proper episode, we were talking about scripture and about reading scripture well and seeing the big story and using genre and context. So now we are going to tackle a verse uh, that kind of illustrates why it's important to do that. And it's a section of scripture that... um, Well, actually, the reason I thought we should do it is because it's been brought up a lot at a lot of weddings I've been to recently, and not just me, but the people around me seem to have very strong reactions (laughs) to the passage. And I think that it's because of the way that they have interpreted it, or the way that people might have explained it to them, or just misinterpretations that they've kind of picked up along the way. Um, But... I've also heard some really awesome uh, explanations and teachings on it at these weddings, which has been really, really cool. And that's we're kind of wanting today to do a little uh, practical exercise, I guess, with everybody going into the genre and into the context and really uh, getting some more depth to this verse. So I, I will read it out and then we'll get into it. Ephesians five twenty one to 33. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the saviour. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as, as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Okay. (laughs) So, where does this fall in the story of Scripture? Okay, so we talked about the the story of Scripture um, last time. Uh, on the last episode um, and I guess you we're hoping that people are going to be inspired to go and read something like the drama of scripture or the insect and the buffalo mm-hmm. um, but just briefly um, 
a lot of retelling of the story separates the the whole story of scripture into six acts yep. or um, chapters, um, and so those six acts are um, creation, and then rebellion or the fall, then the story of Israel, then redemption or Jesus, and then the church. And then the restoration or the new heavens and new earth. Mm. So this um, this passage from Ephesians fits within the church. Yeah. So that's like the fifth act out mm. of six. Um, and a little description of this act is here in um, that I'm going to read from the Field Guide to the Bible. It says, The church, the community of Jesus' followers, realized what Jesus did and what it meant for all people. After Jesus had defeated sin and death, their love for him motivated this community, the church, to be obedient to Jesus by announcing this good news everywhere. So this is the, the section of, um, of the biggest story that we are in while reading this um, um, mm. This passage here, and then to look at the um, the genre. Yes, um, Ephesians is a letter that has been written by Paul um, to to the church, and it would have been read out by various people and distributed around the house churches, and yep. re- like it would it would have been really widely distributed, but read mainly, wouldn't it? Yes, yeah, in Ephesus. Yes. So then what we need to do is have a look at what the um, cultural um, conditions were like yes. in Ephesus at the time. And so one of the major things that is um, good to understand is that the general order of society or the way of understanding how society works at that time was based on Aristotle's household code, which essentially says that husbands rule over wives, fathers rule over children, and masters rule over slaves. So their fundamental understanding was that there was an inequality between mm-hmm. those groups. And the inequality was very normal. It wasn't it may have been something people we don't know whether people were upset about it or not. Or challenged but it. But it was it was just an understood thing. Well, it's something that's that does indicate that it was being challenged was that there was also a feminist movement at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a lot of women were leaving their husbands and leaving their homes to go out and um prove that they were able to do all the things that men are able to do, which is kind yeah. of funny because we do, you know, my daughter's got a T-shirt that says girls can do yeah. anything. Like we're still trying to kind of make... To prove it. To prove and it's that true. today. Girls can do anything. <laughs> Just for the record, in <laughs> yeah. case you were concerned about what we thought there. But what this was, was a um, a trying to be the same. Mm. So not trying to be equal, but trying to be the same as men. Yeah. So women were going out and kind of going hunting bare-chested and proving that they can do all of yeah. of those sorts of things. And that was causing chaos within the within society yeah. um, because it was messing with the order of things. And so there were um, a lot of Romans who were really concerned about that, about this <laughs> feminist movement. So Good to kind of understand that that was happening yeah. at the time that Paul is writing. This I really letter. want to know some of those women. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could talk to them. <laughs> now the other thing what is that because um, men were essentially the rulers of everything. So if you if you listen to that household code again, husbands are rulers over wives, so that's a man's role. Yep. Fathers, Fathers over children, that's also his role. Masters over slaves, that's also his role. So. Yep. Um, they they basically could do whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted, to whoever they wanted. And so mm. they were off finding pleasure 
with wherever, yeah, yeah, with whoever, wherever they wanted to. While if their wife was a good wife, she was at home um, raising the children, hopefully mm. the male children. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of the society that um, was present at the time. And mm. so Jesus kind of turned this completely on its head. Yeah. Um, and Paul's writing actually um, starting with mutual submission at the beginning of that passage. It says, verse 21 says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Like that would have been shocking. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because there was that... Um, there was a prayer that they said, and the, what yeah. was that? So there's records of like the morning prayers that men said, where they um they would they would say these prayers every morning, and it included thanking God that they weren't born as a slave or a woman. Which, it's just crazy. Yeah, I mean it, that just helps us to understand how how unequal it yeah. was, and and it helps us to understand the impact it would have been hearing that this from this verse that this was the way life was to be lived now as a Christian. Yes. So and how you, how just absolutely earth shattering that would have been yeah. for those men, really. And even also understanding that a marriage wasn't a relational thing. You didn't mm. fall in love and get married. It wasn't a romantic um experience. It was um it was political, it was financial, it mm. was like there was a lot of other stuff playing into it. Um, and so men were not at home building relationship with their wives, you know. <laughs> they were, like I said, out doing whatever they wanted and getting sexual satisfaction wherever they wanted it. And so then if a man, a husband is sitting and listening to this teaching about what it is to follow Jesus, and we all know that um, actually the life of a Christian is about learning to sacrificially love the way that Christ did. And this yeah. is what it's saying in this passage. Yeah. So he's having to put aside all of those ways of satisfying his desires yeah. to actually stay at home and submit to his his body, to his wives as well, mm. as her submitting to him. And it's kind of... It's like the rest of the world. It's something that we can all relate to as Christians in the world. When the rest of the world is doing one thing and going one way and everything is screaming at you, this is the way to do it. This is the best. This is the good life. This is how we live. Yeah. This is what we do. And then you are in this position of going, but I've been told yeah. to do things a different way. Yeah. And I think that that, that is really important to understand back here. Back in these times, Jesus's ways of doing things were completely countercultural, mm. and in today's times, Jesus's ways of doing things are completely countercultural. They are, yeah. But I wonder. I mean, we've had a few <laughs> few years to to understand uh, Jesus's ways, and they've been, you know, they've been taught to us, and they've kind of, I guess, sadly, and sometimes been watered down a bit, yeah. but. These people were hearing it pretty fresh. They this was these this letter was written, and and they were prob I think they were probably just shocked more than anything to to see that life was now going to look different. Yes, very different yeah. to what everyone else was doing. But for the women, it would have been interesting to know what the women were would have been thinking. Yeah. I mean, it's good news for the women. Yeah. <laughs> it's like actually bringing things to an equal place. Mm -hmm. um, if you can imagine 
being in that kind of environment and having your husband sit and listen to this and then all of his mates kind of coming over and going, come on, we're going out, we're going out to to the the temple temple (laughs) to see the prostitutes and your husband who's listened to this and taken it on board and decided to follow Christ going, oh, no, I'm actually not going to come out with you guys tonight. I'm going to stay and just hang out with my with wife. my wife, <laughs> which doesn't seem that bizarre to us, but she, to her, that would be like holy moly. In the same way that it was when when Jesus started, um, like talking to the children, the way that he spoke to the children. Mm. So it's in this society the fathers rule over the children, yeah. but Jesus was like, Jesus actually said, "Come to me," and the children are valuable, and actually to be childlike is a good thing. Mm. And inviting slaves to dinner, inviting slaves and to women dinner. to dinner, yeah. and tax collectors to dinner. Yeah, and so these ways of doing things were the things that actually like spoke to the rest of society, going something is very different in mm. the way these Jesus followers are um, living their lives. Yeah, and a, and an interesting part of this verse that I think the more that you sit with it, the more that this just screams out as something really powerful, is in verse 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. That is not a simple call. No, it's not. And <laughs> I, I don't even know how you're supposed to go about that. <laughs> no, and I, um, I, yeah, I think that that's great. Like, sorry, I'm just going to flip this around so I can see yeah, it as fun. well. It's kind of separated into two paragraphs, and the top part is wives submit to your submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. And the second paragraph starts with husbands love your wives just as um, Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her. That's um, huge. Yeah, I. I heard on a podcast, and I think it was the Bridgetown Audio Bridgetown podcast, Church, yeah. where they, um, the guy was like, man, if if he was speaking to the woman, he was like, if your husband ever says to you, woman, submit, then you should say, man, die. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, actually, let's follow through with this and read this, read this passage in its entirety. Mm, if we're really, like, really going to follow this, let's yeah. follow it fully. And the title of the piece basically is the first verse, which says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Mm-hmm. And you can understand the fullness of what that means as we look at the cultural context, the mm. historical context, understand its place and where it is in the in the Bible. You know, you're understanding that Jesus has already come and turned everything upside down. Mm. And there are these crazy radical Christians filled with the Holy Spirit mm. um, uh, going around and spreading this good news. Well, these passages are good news. Yeah. And we've got to understand yeah, we can understand the go- the goodness of it as we understand it in light of its historical context, and understanding it in light of the bigger story by un- by reading how Jesus was interacting with women, reading how Jesus was how he loved women and he was giving them a place in society like no one had ever done before. Mm. And when you read this passage in light of that, I think it it gives a bit more. Uh, it broadens it out a bit more. Yeah. It's in no way saying women see you later. No. No. It's the opposite of that. It's not at all. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is it's not doing is it's not speaking about women in general and men in general. This is husbands Husbands, and wives. That's a good point. Husbands and wives are to submit to one another. One one another. (laughs) 
<laughs> one another. There's also other passages that refer to this same kind of teaching that I think can be a bit confusing. In 1 Corinthians um, 7, it says, The wife does not have authority. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields to it, uh, yields it to his wife. And so if you again think of that kind of cultural, historical mm-hmm. context and just the society that they're they living in. They were not in. yielding their bodies to their wives. No. At all. So the wife does not have authority. That would not have been a shocking thing for them to hear. Of mm. course not. We don't have any authority. We are, we are ruled by our husbands. But then following on and saying in the same way the husband does not have authority over his own body but yields it to his wife is like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's he crazy. can find the sexual pleasure wherever he wants to but not as a Christian, not as a Christ follower, not anymore. You're mm. to yield to your wife. That is that is amazing, and I think even just just sitting here and talking about this like we're doing right now, this is an example of engaging with scripture. What totally. we're doing here, yeah. we are do, we are just like anyone else that could be doing this in their homes, yes. and this is what we want people to be doing more of. Yeah. Because even here, we've talked about it lots before, but even talking about it again, maybe a third or fourth time, it strikes it, it strikes me again just how countercultural and incredible this is Mm. and kind of it gives new life to these verses that have been confusing and can be hurtful and 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 misinterpreted and i think just one uh little thing to touch on um with this verse is that it does not give specific guidelines as to how this is to be played out between husband and wife no it talks about submitting it talks about how we are to submit in terms of i guess the the thought behind it and the intention behind it, but it doesn't say, and it's going to look like this in your home. Yeah. And so I think that can be, I'm just, I think we may have attached things that it's supposed to look like yeah. as time has gone on, but that's not in scripture. It's not actually there. So I think it's important to, to look at it for what it is, understand that that's not there and, and kind of take off those lenses that we may have put over our eyes yeah, and, and read it again. Yeah. And I think, as we as we close up, uh, something that is really important that I've learned through through reading this verse is to push through the gut reactions that you have to scripture. Push through that that gut reaction that goes like, "Hang on, this doesn't sit right with me." And I had to do that with the verse in First Timothy about women being quiet and not speaking in church. Yes. I had to go, yeah. "Hang on." I need to push through this. I'm not just going to chuck it out. And it could. It's, it's, there's a temptation to read a verse that is confronting and then just go, okay, I'm just not going to deal with that. Mm. I'm, I'm going to pretend that doesn't exist. And that is not engaging with Scripture as a whole. So push through the gut reaction and find the context and find what the what the actual lesson is in there find what it is that god might be wanting to highlight to you yeah and go and ask people mm. that you trust like actually have the conversations be um be honest about it. Be honest about how how you're responding to something like that because it's completely understandable. We don't all have the answers and you may talk to somebody who doesn't give you much more insight, but try mm. again. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep talking and talk with each other. Even if you and your friend don't know, talk about have it. Have the conversation, yeah. yeah. And then what we will also do is um, put a bunch of um, resources yep. or links up um, on Instagram. 
Yep, Instagram and probably Facebook as well. So that we can actually connect you with some ways of learning about historical context. Yeah, because we definitely don't have the answers and we want to point you in the right direction of the people who do. That's right. But we hope that this has been an example of uh, digging deeper into scripture that is confusing and finding the good finding out more about the context, understanding the genre, understanding where it sits in the bigger story, and then seeing how much uh, God can teach us about the world that he wants us to create through all of that. 